Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Wow. Look at everybody in the comments this morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. That feels really good. It feels really good when everybody's, you know, just as excited as we are to get started. <laughs> Look at all those exclamation points from Courtney. Wow. <laughs> Count them. My God. She is awake. That's good. That's good. Um, Al on the road to Red Deer. Yay. Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Wherever he's going, it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever went to Red Deer once and there was a shop that I was like, oh, that was a good day. No, it was just me crawling underneath things all day and then, yeah, getting all dirty. Yeah, so I feel for you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's funny. Right right before we get started, uh, you could just, I wish, I wish, I wish you guys could see us. I wish you had a little hidden camera because like we're just like, oh, okay, oh, we're so tired. And then they turn it on and it's like, good morning. Yeah, it, but it actually, it's, you know, it does, we do feel good. Like it, it, it wakes us up. It gets us wired. I don't know. I get excited for this stuff. <laughs> you know that I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. I could talk about it every day. In fact. He I, does. <laughs> I created a show <laughs> just for that. Just so that I, I could get it all out. Yeah. And then Gabby doesn't have to listen to me all day. Uh, that's a lie. Yeah, it's true. I, we still do. <laughs> you know, be fun. I think we should like write a bunch of different discussion topics and then put them in a hat and then every morning just pull just a pick them out. as we go live. <laughs> kind of like a whose line is it anyway kind of thing. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. We've we've gotten pretty uh, pretty decent at uh, being on the fly. <laughs> well, the beginning is always the driest. I don't know how anyone gets through the first five minutes of that, of all of our shows because I just like. Okay, so we're uh, we're what are we what are we gonna talk about today? And then we just something throw something at the wall, it sticks, and then we just go and then we talk about it for forty five minutes. Yeah, that's been fun, but it's also it's also good to have um, you know structured topics picked out. And no, it's not. That's yeah. not fun. <laughs> that's not fun. I don't. That's there's certainty in it, Wayne. That's your favorite word, right? <laughs> don't. <sighs> You guys, but for real, if there are topics that you want us to like dive deep into, please do send them to us. I'm not joking. Like write down a list and send them to us and we'll try to get at them relatively quickly. We'll put them in a hat and we'll pull yeah. them every morning. <laughs> at 6.01 a.m. <laughs> I, I think it'd be cool to like get an app or something like that, you know, and put all these discussion topics and then we're going to and then it'll land on a topic and then we'll go with it. Because there's so much to talk about. It's just, it's hard to pick one. Yeah. And you know me, like I try and pick like the most complicated one, right? Yeah. What we've been doing though is um, when we do pick topics instead of just running with whatever, um, we try to keep it kind of like around what what we have going on or conversations that we just had, like that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So it does seem relevant, I guess. <laughs> I have an idea. What idea? No, you just keep you talking. Have? I have an idea. 
What do you want me to talk about? I don't know. Whatever what? you were talking about. <laughs> just fill some, I'm just writing some notes. Just keep talking. Oh, boy. So now you're going to put... <laughs> now I don't know what the topic is, and I need to just ramble. <laughs> I don't I, um, I lost my train of thought. I, I just... Uh... Gosh, what was I going with this? You wrote down a note. You were I supposed you. to keep. You were supposed to keep talking. <laughs> You're supposed to buy me some time. I was thinking about something to talk about. Um, yes, definitely. Call in, message in, message us privately with your ideas about what you want to talk about. Again, there's there's so many. I know there's so many things that are holding people back. I do have an idea. I want to hear your idea. Okay. Well, yesterday. We had a pretty good day. We went and finalized our kitchen plans for the flip. That was nice. That was nice, actually. It, it that was, was nice, nice going in and, and like choosing countertops and cabinets with you. It was, it was a nice change of pace. Yeah. Just seeing, touching, feeling, deciding what we were going to do was good. And it's also always nice to kind of like wrap things up and then know that it's just going to be taken care of. I meant like I enjoyed like spending the day with you. <laughs> It's normally I hide in my office, you hiding your office from now and, you know, every now and then I'll yell upstairs and I'm like, did you finish that email? That's true. We did have, we, so we had, where I was going with all of this was that we had a, a lunch, uh, lunch, lunch date, lunch meeting, lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lunch. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so I drove, I drug Wayne along with me cause I, that was one of the things I had to do yesterday was to stop at the kitchen place. So I'm glad you enjoyed our time together, Wayne. Yeah. I did as well. <laughs> but um, at our lunch, we were having a discussion about the um, lack of or the, how would I put this? Um, there's so much information out there right now on real estate investing. You, there's hundreds of podcasts you can pick from. There's tens and twenties Everybody and their dog groups, has a new best-selling book on Amazon. Books, groups on Facebook, um, all these just... little communities. And everybody is kind of spewing out all this different information. We're talking about creative real estate. There's people talking about garage suites and multifamily and burrs burrs and and flips and just like all these different methods and we seem to as a as a community to have forgotten about simply like the basics of getting started mm -hmm. because you know like everybody will say there's a really great book by don campbell getting started investing in real estate in canada whatever it's called i can never remember on the fly <laughs> real estate investing real estate. in canada <laughs> yeah. um you know really great starting point but after that it's just like this plethora of information that people all of a sudden are consuming and going into kind of um the analysis paralysis of like what should i do and where should i start and i could do this or i could do that and and then all of a sudden it's just like that like you get all climbed up and then you just like don't know what to do yeah so i thought it would maybe be kind of cool to talk about that about the the getting started and the basics mm -hmm. and 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 the keeping it simple when you're starting out yeah i don't think it's i don't think it's very um I think there'd be a lot of hard lessons learned if you say jumped straight into um, your first property is an AFS with a JV and you find a rent-to-own buyer and that's your first experience in real estate. <laughs> yeah, that, that ain't going to work out. Yeah. That ain't going to work out. It needs to be simple. 
I completely agree. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I struggle with this um, when people reach out, they'll book a coaching call or something like that. And they're like, okay, what do I do first? And it's the first thing I say is like, okay, before we even start, okay, go read this book and go listen to some podcasts. And cause that's, I just, I think that's the right path is I don't personally think that hiring a coach right away is the best idea. I think you need to go out and you need to you learn know, some lessons, learn some lessons first. Um, but that's what I tell people to do. And then they go and they read the book and they're like, okay, cool. These are good fundamentals. And then they start listening to podcasts and it's just like overload. It's just, it's information overload. It's like, wow, this person's doing this and this person took this and they, they, you know, they bought this thing down in, uh, in Phoenix and they, 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 they put laundry in all the different suites and they changed the sign outside and then they painted the, you know, the exterior and they raised the rents by $75, which increased the value of the property by $4.7 million. And they were able to pull all their money out. And now they own it with no mortgage or they, uh, they got all their investment out and, you know, they recycled the money and now they're buying another 210 unit apartment over here in, in Ohio. Like I want to do that. <laughs> and that's not a starting point. It's not a starting point. Yeah. You're right. And it's, it's, yeah, like it's, it's cool to admire people. It's cool to use that as, um, as a magnet to, you know, what's possible. But I'm fairly certain that that person probably, or those people probably started with some condo. Yeah. That they accidentally, you know, that they, they lived sell. in and had to, yeah, <laughs> had to start renting because they couldn't sell it. Um, the accidental and, landlord. Yeah. And, the, the fact that we have, I, I see you there, uh, Kathleen. Uh, she clicked the call in button, but now she's gone. Um, the fact that we have so much access to information is a really great thing. I think it's fantastic. But I think we, now we have too much information. It, keep, it continues to grow, as Gabby mentioned. There's more and more Facebook groups. There's more and more, quote unquote, experts popping up for every little unique niche strategy. Yeah. Um, and when you're getting started, you start listening to podcasts for these people. You start hearing about them on podcasts. You start watching YouTube videos. And it's hard to just accept doing a plain vanilla real yeah. estate <laughs> investment. Finding a, you know, a safe market, um, a, a good little neighborhood, and just finding a simple single family house or townhouse that cash flows. Yeah. What's, That's a great investment. <laughs> yeah. I and think... that is a great place to learn from, to, to start there and to learn your lessons in becoming a landlord mm -hmm. and yeah, kind of like. Unless you're the type of person that wants to either, you know, invest their money into someone else to do it, who has experience or invest your, you know, $20,000 into a coach who's literally going to handhold you and tell you what properties to buy and how to do it. And you'll like a, basically like a spoon feeding, you know, um, example, unless you're going to do that, you need to buy a property and learn your lessons. If you spend three years trying to figure out how to structure the perfect deal, with all of these moving pieces and, you know, you're going to get a zero money down agreement for sale and you're going to bring a joint venture in and, and then, you know, you're going to RTO exit it. It's too much for a beginner. Yeah. It's too much. 
and you're either a going to accomplish it and fuck up, which there's a lot of moving pieces there. And a lot of people are going to be pissed off that are going to be affected by it. Or, or, or the other thing that's going to happen is you're not going to do anything at all because it's never going to happen because you're so over analyzing. Yeah. You are like analysis process is used way too loosely, but, but it's such a real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. Like I can't believe that, you know, some people, they really do have what it takes. I, I see new people coming in every month into these groups and I'm like, that person's got it. They'll do it. And then I'll watch them for a year and a half and they do fuck all. And everybody's like super impressed with them because they have all these great ideas and they, they wow, they they're understand eager. it so quickly. What's yeah. That? And they're eager. Super eager, super driven. And then they don't do anything. And I'm thinking that kid should have just bought a property, put some tenants in, made some mistakes, learned those mistakes, found solutions for them, implemented them into the new system, and then moved on to the next property. Yeah, you're going to waste a mortgage. Yeah. Like, like yeah, I know mortgages are very limited and you can only get so many mortgages. You're going to waste one and it's going to be on a single family home and it's going to be, you know, decent cash flow. It's not going to be a super home run, you know, suite of property where you're able to burr it and pull, you know, 80% of your investment out. Mm -hmm. I get it. But I think it's better to go and buy something and to get started than to be perfect. Yeah. Definitely. And that's where, um, I, as you were talking, I just kind of like wrote down some notes because, you know, like if, if, if we can shift into, so like, how, like how, where do you find that information? How do you get started and to just keep it simple? And so, well, there's a lot of books getting started books, but as I mentioned earlier, the quote unquote best selling author on Amazon, they're all marketing tools. Okay. These, 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 most of the books that you're reading are marketing tools. You know what I mean? They're, they're pre-written, fabricated books in order to build up their influence and get you to buy another product. Just in case it's the first time you're hearing it. It's fine. As long as you understand it and there's value there, then yes. If you like their story and you like what they're offering, then go buy their products or service. But I just want everyone to be open and aware that um, just because someone has a book doesn't necessarily mean that they're a best, you know, that they're a really good writer. Um, it's a marketing tool. So I, I hate sending people to books because I know that they're going to be funneled into something else, into buying something. And if, if you're vulnerable and new, naturally, you know, you'll look up to that person. And it's, I don't and know. it's easy to just follow a path. It's, it's like, to, oh, they say to, on, to, get this membership or to do like to sign whatever up for this free webinar. So I'm going to do that. And then this $75 weekend course. And then, Oh wow. These are all really cool strategies, but I don't have time for it because I've got a kid and I work a full-time job and everything else. But Oh wow. They got this really cool product where they provide all of it for me. And it's in a one-stop easy package. And it comes with more webinars teaching you how to do it better. Yeah. You understand like you can, you're following along. <laughs> it's, um, new real estate investors are very, very easy targets. Um, you're starting to develop yourself. You're committing to a life of being an investor and I don't have any money, but I'm going to figure it out. And then, you know, someone comes along with an easy one-stop, you know, package to show you how to do it. It's, it's, you're an easy target. <laughs> um, yeah. but so my, what I was trying to get at was that books, tend to lead you towards that, which is the wrong direction. I think you should read a book 
And we, we always recommend Don Campbell's book because he never, there's, there's no real, there's no real back of the room. Well, that, that, and that's what I was going to say. Network. But like, it's, it was a very, it was a very, it was an honest book. Yeah. It's an honest book. And also like the proceeds from it are going to, I'm pretty sure Habitat for Humanity and stuff. So it's not like somebody's out there just trying to like, uh, raking cash. Like it's, it's a well-written book. It's covers the basic basics. It tells you how to like properly analyze the market that you're going to invest in, how to analyze the neighborhoods. Um, you know, like it kind of, it gives you the basic skills that you need to go out and buy, to keep it simple, mm -hmm. you know, like if, to somebody who's not really analytical, some of the like analyzing may be a little bit overwhelming, but it's, um, it, it really just like narrows it down to what's important. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, even just, yeah, it's like, I'd definitely say that that's 1000% a good starting point. And the only reason why I recommend that book, it's, it, it covers all the fundamentals and I know there's no catch. Yeah. So if I'm going to recommend something to someone, I don't want to send them into some, you know, spider web yeah. uh, where they could potentially be caught. And Ka uh, Kathleen also says, plus his book was written before these prefabricated funnel books. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, affiliate marketing and online marketing and all those things. I mean, marketers are really, really smart. They know how to get people's attention Yeah, and, and you know, to build a following. So, yeah. Um, but that's a really great place to start. And then like, I guess the, the point that we're trying to drive home is that like, from that point, like try to just stay focused on getting your first, on keeping it simple for the, yes. your first property, just like get your first property and follow the basics of what you learned in that book to pick, like I said, a safe market. Mm -hmm. So don't go, you know, buying a multi-million dollar house in Vancouver or Toronto, like stay or, in a safe market. Or a one bedroom apartment plus den in some town in Alberta with less than 3000 people. I'm not going to name a town because someone's going to be mad. <laughs> Did you just say Brooks? Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say Olds? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but know. like finding a safe market and getting I'm going to highlight this an experienced investment realtor yes. on your side. So don't go look up realtors in Brooks, Alberta. Okay. I'm not going to go back there. That's not a no, safe market. <laughs> it's a meatpacking town. Is it? Yeah. I've um, only been there once. I'm pretty sure unless I'm messing it up, I've been there as well. Um, yeah. Anyways, but finding an experienced realtor who can really help you like navigate the neighborhoods and navigate the like, what's a safe investment property yeah. type of stuff. And just buy your first basic property. It can be a single family home or a, or a townhouse or, you know, like even it's always a great idea to, to actually purchase a suited property on your first one, especially yeah. if you're able to live in one of the the suites you can get if in you for have the funds, down. the capital to yeah if you have the capital to do that because they are a higher price point but just find a nice little cash flowing property in a great neighborhood and find your first tenants and become a landlord and learn the lessons that need to come with with now you're a landlord mm -hmm. and you know like there's you need to be become comfortable with that i think we might have actually just talked about that yesterday or the day before like how you know, like at first everything is new and, oh my God, what do I do about this? And what do I do about that? Like, those are lessons that you need to learn to be able to become a good experienced investor. Yeah. 
And so like go through those trials and tribulations, go through, you know, like hopefully not, but needing to do an RTDRS hearing or, you know, depending what city you're in, you know, needing to. Find more tenant board or. Yeah. And, um, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is that like, don't, don't get overwhelmed by all of the stuff out there because even just like, I know having Barry on our show the other day, talking about like the basics of creative strategies, like some of, some of the, um, newer people getting into investing were like, what? Mind blown. I thought like, I had to save up all this money. You're yeah. telling me I can, someone will carry the mortgage for me. But you guys don't start there. And don't. there's no money. And what? Like, and, and like, how many have you done? Oh my God. It must be so simple. Yeah. Don't, then, but don't start there. Yeah. Like that's not a starting point. That's a, you know, like I once. didn't start there. No, we didn't start there. I don't know anybody let's start, who let's started talk about where we started. We talked about our first property quite a bit here because it's vacant right now. Yeah. Um, our least desirable property, best cash flowing property. Yeah. Least desirable property. There is no point in putting a penny into that place. We just had the tubs reglazed um, uh, because it was looking really bad and it was chipping away. And we just repainted it and, and I went in there and to be honest, I didn't see any difference. <laughs> Gabby says it looks significantly different. I am like, I cannot believe I just paid thousands of dollars for it to look the same. Um, but our most least desirable property, um, this is the first one that we decided as our rental property, we're going to buy this. Yeah. So we were going to do a suited house and we were going to live in one suite and rent out the other and, you know, kind of do a quote unquote house hack where we can, you know, yeah. live for free, which you'll quickly learn. And in a lot of cities, the, the rents don't match that based on your expenses, especially when you're putting 5% down. Yeah. Yeah. But you can live for, for less. cheap, for so less. Yeah. Less, yeah. yeah. Um, so you can, you know, lower your, uh, um, lower your budget so you can save more for your next property mm -hmm. and it's great you know if you're moving into it i mean you can only, only have to put five percent down and a lot of people don't have 20 percent. a lot of people don't have 60 70 hundred dollars to put down um so being able to put 15 or twenty thousand dollars is is a really good entry and um and it lowers your your budget because you have someone else you know paying a big chunk of the expenses on the property so our, our first one, that's what we did. We decided that's what we we're going to do. Big, scary shift for us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, telling Gabby, hey, we're going to have someone live in the basement. <laughs> and like, meanwhile, like that around that time, that was when I was playing all these guitars I had behind me. That's when they were really screaming. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I was drinking, not drinking, but like I'd have two, one beer, two beers every night with dinner. I was just a, a young, young buck and not thinking all that straight. And, uh, and I'd, I'd have a couple beers and I'd go play guitar and I'd, you know, turn it up to 11. And so the thought of having someone below me was like, you could just imagine it was, it was, it was, it was very hard for young Wayne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so you're telling me I can't play guitar anymore. Like, when am I supposed to play guitar? No, well, you can just get headphones. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about headphones? No, I crank the music on my computer. I got these big, massive speakers for a reason. And then I play the guitar with them. I feel like I'm a member of the band. Like, like it's an experience. <laughs> so having someone live in the basement was like, yeah, it was like giving up meat. 
Yeah. If I any of you guys have ever tried to give up meat, it's the first thing that came to my mind. Like trying to give. Okay, okay. It's like giving up coffee. Like put that coffee down oh, right now. Oh, giving up. Okay, oh. okay. Did I miss a word? No, it's just. Give, I didn't say giving just meat. Came it's out really weird. <laughs> I don't know. What? I didn't grasp what you were saying. Continue. Just like giving okay. up meat. Okay. I hope everybody else is following along. <laughs> I'm saying it's like giving up coffee. Like saying you could like drop that coffee right now. And you're never having coffee again. I'm like, ah, oh, dear God. To me, it was, it was. Yeah, it was big. So, uh, but, you know, we were committed. We were dedicated to, you know, making something of ourselves and turning our life around and trying to create, you know, for us at that time, the vision was not financial freedom. We were still early in the game. Uh, we hadn't read any books. We didn't know anyone. So for us, it was like, um, I want to have some wealth building in the background yeah. and I want to lower my budget. Like, I think we often referred to like just it being like a retirement plan. We need a yeah. retirement plan. If we had four or five properties and they were all paid off and they're all worth three hundred to $400,000 today, it'd be $1.2 million to retire on. Yeah. Very, very simple mathematics, very simple thinking. Yeah. Um, and there is why, why that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. No, that's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. You don't have to copy all these people who are doing these, you know, crazy things. I, it's, I think that's amazing if someone could just do that. And it's, it's really easy. You just save a little bit every year. Yeah. Right. And the fact that your house hacking and your, your budget's down, you know, I'd say maybe for five to 10 years, just save a little extra money every year. Yeah. Right. And then, and just buy a couple of properties. It's pretty simple stuff. Yeah. And then you're set. And then it's only four or five tenants or 10 tenants, whatever it works out to be. Maybe you put property management on, maybe you manage it yourself, but you know, that right there that you're, you're, you're covered. You got, you got cash flow when, when you're, when you're retired. And then, you know, when you die, the kids have the fully paid off properties, $1.2 million and they split it. Yeah. And it, you know what I mean? Like it's, what's, what's wrong with that? I think that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Robbie has a question. Um, so the- I was the, getting off track anyways. So. <laughs> uh, the buying a suite of property and living in one of them. So um, he says, I was thinking of going that route. <clears throat> Would you recommend putting down more than 5% if you have it or put down five and save the rest for the next property? That's funny. I'm flipping back in my papers because I had a call with someone the other day and they literally asked me that same question. And I what wrote was your it, answer? I wrote it down and um, I, I'm like, oh, one of these days I'll just bring this up as a topic. Oh, it, 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 um, it depends. <laughs> On what? Would you recommend putting down more than 5% if you have it or put down 10, 5% and save the rest for the next property? Hmm. Um, well, if you put 5% down, you have to pay CMHC fees. So that's uh, 3% of the purchase. So you're putting 5% down, you're losing 3% of that. Or you're losing three of the 5%. Um, and uh, it, if you put less than 20% down, you're also in a 25-year amortization um, as opposed to a 30-year amortization. So your payments are higher as well. Um, there are short-term gains, like you mentioned, um, saving the rest of the 15% for the next property. I think that's great. I think that you're increasing your ROI. If you can get in with less investment, um, your return is still the same. So you've increased your ROI by, um, you've quadrupled it. Yeah. So I, I like that aspect. That is what we did. Um, 
the question I had from the other person was if I'm planning on it being a rental in the future, then should I put 5% down or 20% down? And that one there, you know, I tiptoe around that because um, when you are signing mortgage documents, there is a portion of it that, that says that, you know, I, I can't remember the wording, but something along the lines of, you know, I declare that this is going to be my primary residence. And that is something you, you, you have to put your hand up around a Bible and say, I do declare. It's, it's part of the, the mortgage process. I don't know if you remember it when you bought your first house. Um, so you don't want to lie because they're asking what your intent is for this property. And if your intent is to live in it for a period of time and then make buy another property and make that one a rental property, then that is mortgage fraud, more or less. Um, no one can, no one can prove your intent is between, you know, you and, and God, but, um, you know, I don't like to put people into the gray area, but if your intent is to move into it for the time being, and you may move in the future and you don't know what you're going to do with that property, then I would probably put 5% down. That's, that's, that's what I would recommend. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to put people in the gray area, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people take that and they're like, ah, I see that you're saying, Lane. All right. So, okay. So here's what I'm going to do. I got, I got my 20%. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy this house for 5% down. Okay. And I'm going to live in it for six months, maybe 12 months, just long enough that the bank, you know, sees, oh, that was definitely their intention. And then I'm going to go buy another house for 5% down and I'm going to move into that new house. But oh no, I've got this property back here. I can't sell it. You know, I'd lose a lot of money. So I'm going to turn it into a rental property. And then I'm going to do the same thing over for another six months, 12 months. And then I'm going to buy another one. And then I got four properties for the price of one. Just look at this. You know what I mean? It's, that's not the right way to do it. A lot of people do it. It's a very easy, you know, if you, if, if you're, you know, relatively smart, you can figure that out pretty quickly that that is a real easy hack but it's not the right way to do it. I think if you do it by accident, it's fine. But again, it comes down to your intent. And I don't like putting people in the gray area because though no one is, I've never heard of anyone getting in trouble. Um, I don't want you to be the first one and I don't <laughs> want it to be coming from me because I said something and it was, it was misinterpreted or it, my, my words were, were um, uh, misheard or misused. So, if you're planning on moving into your home, you are allowed to put 5% down and it is allowed to be an insured mortgage. Yeah. That is the answer. Yeah. And I think that um, what it really comes down to with that is, do are you able to find a property where the numbers still make sense with 5% down that and with what the say. rent is going to be for this suite that you're renting out? Like, does it make sense? Does it, does it lower your expenses enough on your end if you're living in it that it's like okay this actually makes sense and you're not like overpaying for the property mm -hmm. or you know like any of that kind of stuff but then also like if it does become a rental in the future does the rent on both of those suites also make sense so you kind of need to look at it twofold. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that anybody who owns a home even for any reason, like their primary residence, like whatever 
kind of property they're moving into, unless you're in like, you know, this is my forever home. I think you should always think about that <laughs> with yeah. this, at least if you're an investor, um, you know, like would, the, would I be able to rent out this property if I had to and not be like underwater? Because that's what happens to a lot of people. They become accidental landlords and they <laughs> bought this house that makes zero sense as a rental and yeah. then they're stuck with it. Um, so it's, it's not a, it's not a bad practice to do regardless. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We, um, I brought up the fact that we should talk about our property and, and a lot of what we're talking about right now is, is related to the first property that we bought because we made our mistakes. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we were, we made the decision that we were going to put 5% down because we were moving into it and that's totally fine. And even though we were renting out the basement, that was our intent was to move into it and rent out the basements. Yeah. Um, and live cheaply so that we could start saving bundles of cash. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I was making really good money at that time, lots of overtime and, um, I'd been saving lots, but I never really did anything with it. So we made all these decisions about how we're going to change our budget. We're going to, you know, start limiting how much we spend on, you know, um, materials like, you know, materialistic things and food and we're going to have budgets for the groceries and that kind of stuff. And that was where it all really started. Yeah. And um, we uh, used a realtor who was not uh, investor focused, really great realtor, really great realtor. Um, And we asked the questions that everybody else asked, hey, you know. We're looking to buy an investment property. Is that something that you do? Of course, she's going to say yes. <laughs> like, well, and she owned rental properties herself, <clears throat> and she did, and yeah. she did. And there's, um, but the problem was is that, um, the key is when when you want to become a real estate investor, you want to work with realtors and brokers who do this full time. They only work with investors. Yeah. Because they understand it. And and when you're young and dumb and you know, you're like, I wanna do this house over here, they can they can say, Well, just hey, heads up, this you gotta watch out for this too. And I feel like any other realtor um might just let you buy it. Right? Yeah. And they're not going to point out the things that you don't know, especially when you're getting started. So if you're getting started as a new investor, ask other investors who they use. And don't just ask, you know, the couple people that you know, or your, you know, your aunt's friend, um, you know, who, who owns rental properties. You need to get into, ask us, send me a message. I'll tell you, I'll name 10 people at least, at least who I know that are reputable, that know that what they're talking about. So you don't make the, it'll, it'll limit the, the early mistakes. Um, so we did that. We, we, you know, that was one of the, uh, well, when we started, there wasn't like these podcasts to listen to. There wasn't Facebook groups. There wasn't anything. There was like, you could get a rain membership, a key spire membership and legacy rich dad, poor dad. Those was the only yeah, thing at the time. Literally that like, that was it. And you could read, Don Campbell's book. <laughs> you can pay $52,000, you can pay $27,000, or you can pay $200 a month. Yeah. Those were the three options. Yeah. And we resisted um, even joining Rain for a while because that was a big expense. <laughs> like, $200 a month. Yeah. And then wait a second, if Gabby wants to come, it's an extra 100, 100. so it's 300. Yeah. yeah. So like we, we didn't have connections. We weren't a part of a community. We weren't like 
the the wow like i'm just realizing how much the landscape has changed it's ridiculous in the past 10 changed. years like it's wild so we didn't know anybody to ask who's an invest we didn't even know that that was a thing an investor focused realtor like we just needed wanted to get into it <laughs> yeah yeah our, sorry proceed our, no I, so our, our first house was um was a property that we're moving into and we were renovating. We planned to flip it and we didn't know what the hell we were doing. That's when I started our primary, books. our first primary residence. That yeah. was, that was just under 10 years ago. Um, that was, and then as we started learning and that's what we thought real estate investing was. And, you know, like I said, we, we read a couple books and, and we weren't taking it completely seriously. And then, so this next property was the one we're like, okay, this is going to be the one that like, we're going to do it right. And we're going to start focusing on cash flow. And then in five years, I'm going to refinance it. I'm going to re-amortize it to 30 years um, to increase cash flow even more. And hopefully I can do a little bit of work to it to increase the value and then pull some of that money out. Very, very basic stuff. Um, and then all the while, you know, over the next five years as well, I'm going to save aggressively an extra $15,000, $20,000 a year. And then I'll save up for my next $60,000 down payment. That that was that was the plan. Um, so we bought a, uh, a house that had a suite. Uh, we were we were looking for weeks trying to find one that was affordable based on what we thought, well, what we were qualified for, also what we had the down payment for. So we're like, yes, we want a house with a suite under three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> dumb, just so dumb. Like I didn't have I didn't have someone to tell me that I was dumb. Um, I, I see this all the time too. I see younger, you know, guys, like I know that they're not in our circles and they'll ask me questions just like, Hey man, like, how do I find this under this? Or how do I find, you know, I need a minimum $1,400 cash flow, but I've only got about $30,000. So how do I get it? And I just want to tell them, sorry, dude, like it's not possible. <laughs> um, but they don't want to hear that. So they're going to keep asking, you know, their realtors to find me something like this that matches this. And that's pretty much what I did. I was very stubborn. So I can't put all the blame on the realtor. I was just stubborn and young. Um, so we, we bought a duplex that had a suite in the basement, had a separate entrance. Um, it wasn't until after we purchased the property, we got it for the price that we wanted. And, um, you know, it was dated, but the numbers worked. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were okay. And it was well cared for. Yeah. An old guy had owned it for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it had everything we needed. And we moved into it, and then uh, it was after we moved into it that we found out that it's not a legal suite. Yeah, we didn't even know there was a there, what, what's a legal suite? Like, what does that mean? Like, it's a suite. Like, what do you mean it has to be legal? What's what's illegal about it? Yeah. And then so we learned about all the different you know uh, fire codes and, and yeah. permits that are required for suites. Um, so we're like, okay, well, I don't feel very good about this because I start hearing these stories about this guy in Toronto who, you know, there was a fire in one of his rental properties and the person in the basement couldn't get out and died. And then he was charged with manslaughter. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm, and I'm like, <laughs> I hear that stuff. And I should have never told Gabby yeah. that stuff because now Gabby's <laughs> like, oh my God, you're going to prison. <laughs> or I'm going to prison. <laughs> I take the fall. Don't worry about it. I take the fall. She didn't know anything. Um, I'd do that for you. <laughs> so that's, you know, you start reading about all that stuff and we're like, okay, well now we need to legalize it. We're going to legalize this thing. So we start, you know, looking around, like trying to figure out what needs to be done. So we look at the the fire codes and, you know, just young and not know what the hell I'm looking at. And this is overwhelming trying to read these codes and requirements. I'm like, okay. So I start measuring the, the floor to ceiling and looking around. <laughs> and, 
I wonder how thick that drywall is. <laughs> <laughs> Interconnected smoke detectors. What the fuck does that mean? And yeah. is this window egress? <laughs> what does and egress mean? Yeah. <laughs> what does egress mean? And and so a lot of it was okay. But if you're going to quote unquote legalize it, you gotta pretty much like pull the drywall out because they want to inspect the electrical. They want to inspect the plumbing. They want to like I, I, I see people sometimes like, I'm just going to buy a thing and then I'm just going to legalize it. I'm just going to put interconnected smoke detectors. I'm going to, you know, add to another furnace and I'm going to add an egress window. It's not that simple. You have to get electrical and plumbing inspections too. And they want to see it. So it needs to all be under the studs. So you got to take all the drywall out. And then if you take drywall out, you're like, the floor is damaged. And like, it's just, you might as well just start from scratch. It doesn't cost that much, cost that much more. And so um, we hired a company and then that company was called, I'm not going to name who they're called, but that guy didn't know he was Nate. He had a really good marketing name. And I remember talking about, him, I'm like, dude, like, that's a really cool name. Like, you know, you must get lots of business. He's like, Oh, I got tons of business. I had my niece. She made me a website and she came up with a name and just, yeah, flooded with people who want sweets now. And, uh, I was, I was really impressed, you know, I'm like, cause I Googled, you know, they want to build a suite and you, you came up and, but he didn't know what the fuck he was doing either, which was just so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, he starts working on it. And then I come over. I'm like, dude, are you uh, you going to refer to these codes and requirements? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's all good. Darren. It's all good. Yeah, I'll, I'll, let me just let me just get these drawings put together. I'll get you those drawings. I'm going to get started. I'm going to get started. And then I'll get you these drawings. I'm like, okay, get me these drawings because I got to put these applications in for permits. Yeah, 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 I'll get you. And then there's another day, another day, another day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was, I gotta, I, I'll spend some time on it tonight. Like weeks go by. And he's like, got this place. He's, he's putting in new cabinets downstairs because now we're thinking, like, oh, let's just freshen it up and do a fresh coat of paint while we're doing it. And he's putting in the egress window and, you know, he's working along and we're up to like $20,000 now. By the way, we don't, we don't, we didn't, we didn't have $20,000. So that was all line of credit. And then we, uh, uh, he finally gets me into drawings. I'm like, cause I didn't know how to fuck do drawings on graph paper of, you know, what this looks like and where everything is and the heights. They sent it off for application. I get it back saying, oh yeah, you know, thank you for your application. But uh, at this time, the city of Edmonton is not allowing any suites and duplexes. Yeah. No it needs to be yeah. zoned <laughs> RF3. I'm like, what? <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> So first of all, I find out this thing isn't legal. It is illegal. I am. I have an illegal property. And then I find out it can't even be legalized. And I've spent $20,000 now. I already overpaid for the property. Um, market value was just a pinch under 300000 We paid 319 But I thought, you know what? Since it's got a basement suite, there's value there. Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck like value and how the market works and things. Yeah. And we did that. And um, so we overpaid. Then we overpaid another $20,000 and it didn't even increase the value of the property. Yeah. So now I'm into it for just about three forty, dollars and it's worth $2.99. That's a big fucking mistake. And now we're just using the whole house and Wayne can play his guitar. <laughs> yeah. So like we weren't going to rent it either while we were living there because like, you know, Gab's freaking out. And I'm just like, well, okay, at least what we ended up doing though is we, we did all of the work required to everything was to code everything was to code interconnected if the suite detectors. was allowed <laughs> the outlets everything was up to the, the current code if the suite was allowed 
the egress windows and everything else. So at least we knew, and you know, a drywall was in a fully drywalled, the right amount of drywall. We did the soundproof and everything else. Uh, our thought process was that if something was to happen, we knew that we did everything we could to make sure that everyone had the the ability to to get out to yeah, fire. It would have code. been no different than any other legal suite. The only difference was is it was attached to another property. Now, since then, they've they've they allow yeah they allow it now they now allow um, suites in duplexes. houses, duplexes, um, and townhouses. So it's changed since then. But th- those are just some of the mistakes that we made early on. Yeah, we we walked into that property and we're already negative forty thousand. <laughs> a big fucking boo boo. <laughs> but that's okay. And and you know what? Like, you're gonna make mistakes like that. And I'm sure that there's lots of people listening, either live or, or you know, recorded. that are like, "Oh yeah, wait till you hear my first property," and that's it's okay. Yeah. It, like, had that been an agreement for sale with a joint venture partner and a rent to own? Oh my fucking god! Yeah. Can you Keep imagine it how much simple? <laughs> can you imagine how much more complicated that would have been? And like some people, they get their first property and and it, it goes great. I'm not saying every property you're going to be negative 40,000 out of the gate, but I just, you're more, you're more vulnerable to, you know, those kind of things early on because you don't know and you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And you're not going to spend your only $20,000 on a coach because then you won't have any money for a property. I get it. I, I know exact. I remember how the thought process. Yeah. So if you're going to do it on your own, keep it simple so that, when you make your mistakes, when you learn your lessons, they don't hit you nearly as hard. Yeah. Just an extra thing I want to add on. Um, we're still, we've still profited from that property. Yes. Is, isn't that fucked? Even, <laughs> you know, it, like all we those just mistakes. The I course. haven't even talked about the next two years with this property. <laughs> the tenants. <laughs> the tenants, which we could get into if we have the time. We're, we still have a profit on that property. Yeah. And it's our best cash flowing property. Yeah. So I, I always love to say that you need to you need to be you have to try to lose money in real estate. Yeah. Right? Because so long as had I sold it then I would have lost money. But I kept it. And I paid down the mortgage and I got good cash flow. Collected cash flow, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's just I want people to know that that even this there you go. There's a worst case scenario for you. Cause a lot of people are like, Whoa, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if I overpay? What if the tenants, you know, trash the place? What if, um, I find out it can't be legalized? What if this, what if this, what if this, there you go. There's a fucking perfect example of the what ifs and we've still profited. Not, you know, we didn't profit nearly as much as what I thought we were going to profit, but we, we profited. And I think that I gained more value in my experience. Yeah. Tons that first of lessons learned. Tons that of property. lessons. Yeah. So first, first tenant, I'll talk about first tenant, Corey, sure. <laughs> I don't remember his wife's name. I used to go, I used to, Joanne. I used to Google them and Facebook follow them. Joanne, thank you. Um, for the longest time after they left, because I needed to know where they were, because I'm going to find them and I'm going to serve them. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, they duped us. Yeah, we, we, we moved we moved out of that property and then we're going to put them in the main suite and then we're going to put someone else in the basement suite. And uh, those first two tenants, the ones in the basement and the ones upstairs, were uh, our first two experiences with court, RTDRS. Yeah. Um, just 
they they were professional tenants. They knew what they were doing, and yeah. we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> what we were doing, and we didn't know how to how to how to probably screen people. Yeah. But when we, you know, when they were interested, I remember, you know, we were doing some cleaning or whatever else. We were at the property, and we saw someone driving out, you know, looking at the house and pointing and stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck are these people doing? And you know, I, I the family with me. No, not Everly wasn't there. Um, but uh, I'm like, what the fuck are these people doing? And I'm just like, kind of open up the door and they get out and they start walking up and they're like, Hey, do you, uh, do you live here? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Do you, do you, do you like living here? I'm like, yeah. Like why? Oh, uh, like, okay. So do you like own this place or do you rent it? And I'm like, I own it. Oh, I thought you were the renters. Hi, it's Joanne. And I just, you know, we saw your place on Kijiji and we thought, oh, we love this place. It's so perfect. It's exactly where we want to be. This is Corey, Corey, come on over here. Corey, Corey comes out. <laughs> and they're just like a middle-aged couple in their 40s and just, hey, how's it going? And uh, and I said, good, good. And oh yeah, we're just like, we're so excited. I know we're not supposed to come here until tomorrow, but we just thought we'd drive by. We wanted to see the neighborhood. And oh, I, thought, I thought, well, you know, maybe I can talk to the tenants, see kind of landlords you guys are. And you guys just look so sweet. And I'm so, uh, just, uh, so you guys live here? No, 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 no. We, it's a rental. Oh, okay. And, and how's this? And how's this? Just, just the sweetest. You know what I mean? And for us, you know, and I, I, I'm sure you can remember your first tenants, like, you know, Oh, these people were amazing. I was willing to give them a chance. And, and, you know, even though their credit score was low, just, oh man, these people, they're, they're so sweet and they're the perfect people. And that's, that's what we thought. <laughs> and then uh, they moved in and then, you know, rent stopped getting paid and, um, you know, drugs and um, cops being called, <laughs> cops being called. And the tenant downstairs is calling us because she's scared. She's scared because the woman's outside chasing him with a knife and, and, <laughs> You can just imagine just, you know, being fresh and green into this. And we still didn't really know anyone in the investor community yet. And we're like, what the fuck do we get ourselves into? <laughs> and um, it's funny because like uh, the girl downstairs, she never even told us that the cops were called until like the fourth time or something like that. She's like, yeah. oh, yeah, the cops have been back and forth. And we're like, why didn't you tell us? I don't know. And she's like afraid to go outside because she's afraid that she's going to run into them. And, you know, they're going to threaten her for what the things that they've been saying. And just, yeah, so girl downstairs was a, was a law student, which is a whole other story right there. Um, <laughs> so we managed to get the, you know, the upstairs tenants out eventually, eventually, yeah. eventually, and they never removed their stuff. And then, so, yeah, we had to figure out the, that we had to hold their belongings if what they we, were over yeah. $2,000 or whatever it is in value, <laughs> you need to hold it for 30 days. What do we do? Most of the stuff was gone, but it was just like, they were slowly taking their stuff away yeah they were evicted they're slowly taking their stuff away but they left a bunch of just random stuff right yeah and it was like uh, golf clubs and tools tools in the shed which were like is shed considered can we just lock the shed and then just wait for them <laughs> to pick it up or you know since it's you know the value is in the exterior can we rent the um the property and then you know the funniest thing was that they left an aquarium and oh, you yeah. learn you forgot about the you I forgot did. about the fish. Yeah, they left. There were fish. like fancy ass fish in yeah, there. Big aquarium. They left their fucking fish. And we're thinking, like, okay, I can understand if they left a dog or a cat, we can call the Humane Society, we can call bylaw. What the fuck do you do with fish? <laughs> do we just and like they've been sitting there for a while and not being fed. So yeah. we're like, ah, oh, 
what did we end up doing? Did we end up calling like the Humane Society? Call the Humane Society, and they actually came out and collected them. And... But they couldn't take the aquarium because it was a gigantic fucking aquarium. Yeah. So they're like, okay. So they came with like bags, and they were scooping the fish out of the water. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, there you go. You forget about <laughs> things like this that were the most stressful things in our lives at the time. Oh my god! Trying to I figure was out like these fish are gonna die, and I feel like a horrible human being. Like, I was just gonna <laughs> leave everything as is. And... and it was such a mess too. There was just stuff everywhere. Nothing was really damaged, but it was just like literally garbage bags of papers and just, just like the open stuff. mail of like you yeah. know, people serving them for not being paid for their business. <laughs> and bills and like, oh and, god, yeah. what the fuck did we get ourselves into? Yeah. And so, yeah, that was, that was our first tenant. Uh, we, we got, you know, uh, we, and then we got new tenants. We got new tenants after mm -hmm. that yeah. and they were bad too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they were better as far as like the relationship between the basement tenant, basement tenant, you know, she's, she's in an abusive relationship. Um, boyfriend, um, you know, yeah. And, uh, boyfriend moves out and, you know, punches a bunch of holes in the walls and doors and stuff sweet young girl and law student and she can't afford the rent anymore yeah but she owes the rent yeah and um i don't remember how that one really played out i have to go back to my notes but long story short you know she was still responsible for the rent that she was behind on still responsible for, like she had a lease and like we were gonna go after the guy and serve him but like um you know, she still had to something pay, went she, something went downhill, and yeah, I can't I can't really remember. It got the hostile. I can't remember how it all played out because when I played it on my, my my memory, I feel like I'm a horrible person for doing that to her. But no, because like she because we did let her move out. There was like a I yeah I can't quite remember, but we did let her move out, and then I literally think that it what it came down to was just that like there was holes in the walls and stuff that like oh, yeah. needed to be like repaired and stuff. And so, yeah, we let her out of her lease, but like still needed to ensure that the damages were taken care of. And she that's where She replaced the it door went. and she tried to patch the walls, but she's like 20 years old and she did a yeah, horrible job. That's where it kind of went downhill. The walls look like a moon yeah. landing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. And it so, just turned hostile. And yeah, she ended up like serving us like. Uh, okay. So our <laughs> expenses were to cover the damages and the rent that she owed. So it was like something like eight or 900 bucks. Yeah. Like we had to fix those things. Okay. We tried serving the guy, couldn't find him. So like somebody had to pay for it. Okay. And she agreed that she, she'd fix it. But then she got crazy when she's like, I fixed it. And we're like, well, yeah, but she didn't paint the door uh, that you replaced and it wasn't hung properly. And also like, there's all these like areas that need to be sanded down, remudded, resanded, re and then repainted. Like it's going to cost money. So we did what we're supposed to do. We charged her for it. We served her for something like 800, 900 bucks. Um, we get this, I think Everly was just born now. Yeah. And it was like her first birthday or something like that. And uh, we got served on Everly's birthday. The so, night before. Was it the night before or was yeah. it on her birthday? No, it was the night before. I was getting ready, cleaning the house, planning her birthday party. Knock, knock, knock. Are you Wayne Hillier? <laughs> yes. You've been served. <laughs> What the fuck? Not only had we been served, but we had been served like a a countersuit. A one, uh, how many pages was that? It was like, fuck, it was like thirty-five pages. No, it was more than that. It was a, it was a, <laughs> it was a novel. It was a novel. We had a one pager or whatever, just the yeah, the, the standard, receipt from the, the receipt. repair. <laughs> she, 
Oh my God. I swear she, she was no just normal legal student. She went all out. She spent weeks on preparing this and she's got all of these different things and addendums and schedules and all this other stuff. And please see this and, and here too. And where, and and that was, that was scary because it was like, holy shit. Like what is happening? Like, what is she saying that we've done? And like it, that was like a super scary moment. But as we went through it, we were realizing that like she she literally was trying to claim like two things. She was burying us in legal. Yeah, she was burying it in legal. And we were so like w- once you get through the, you know, like 200 pages, <laughs> you realize, oh, OK. <laughs> Like it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and and that was tough for Gabby. Me, I went through I was it. so stressed out. Gabby was stressed out. Like, even though I looked at it, I'm like, okay, cool. So we had to go through all this stuff and we had sticky notes for every page and every argument she made. She knew what she was doing. She was a, you know, a young legal student. She, the best way to counter something is to drown them in accusations. And make them walk away. <laughs> and make them walk away. We had a $900, you know, claim. She counted us for $3,500. Yeah. $3,500 and we're like, oh shit, like we don't have this money. I mean, like, like yeah. we can't afford this and it's Everly's <laughs> birthday tomorrow. Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we ended up going there and, uh, and I mean, it all worked out. We, we went to RTDRS with the first tenants. We won. Um, you know, they have a, we have a judgment against them for money. We're never going to get it. That's why I was following them on Facebook for the longest time. Cause I want to find out where them. they live and serve them. Yeah. And then the second tenant, we went to RTDRS, um, and we had to deal, I had to go up against, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the lawyer and she never showed up and, and it ended up working out. We, so we won both those cases. No, that just, was a phone one. Well, she, she called in phone yeah. and we showed up live. Yeah. She was just on the other end of the line, just crying the whole time with her dad. And, uh, it worked out in her favor because the, the adjudicator with, that was with us was like super fucking annoyed by her. But well, by also by her paperwork, he's like, what is this? Like, like just for the love of God, like, don't bring this into my hearing. <laughs> yeah. So he was super annoyed by it. And anytime he had me a question, I just, I would, I literally pull up the sticky note on there and I'd say, please refer to this email. Please refer to this. Please refer to this. So, I mean, staying level-headed and calm and, and she was hysterical and crying and everything else. Um, uh, she, she, she attached. Yeah, it was, it, I don't need to go into further details on it. I mean, you can ask me about it at our next networking event. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was sad. And I'm glad that we were able to work it out. Um, we never went after her. Even though we had the judgment, we never went after her because it just felt terrible about the whole thing afterwards. Yeah. Um, again, the fact that all that stuff was going on with her, I wish she would have been nicer and I wish she would have just paid for what she damaged, but yeah. Um, next in and after that upstairs, third one, exact same thing. They were disgusting. Yeah. Talking, you know, infestations of bugs and worms and maggots and, yeah, and food, food all over the place. Food all over the place. And yeah. um, not exaggerating. Like they were the messiest people I've ever seen in my life. And we had to evict them as well. Um, thankfully, we were able to take most of that out of their damage deposit. Yeah. Um, just, just, this is our first property, by the way. Yeah. First property, first, first three, three tenants. tenants. <laughs> um, just nonstop shit. And um, it's, it's going to happen to you. No, not necessarily. <laughs> Lots of people are well into their investing careers and haven't had to deal with any of this. But I'll go back to it and say 
that we did not have a community surrounding us mm -hmm. of people to tell us what to do, how to do it, how to mitigate your risks, how to properly screen tenants. Like mm -hmm. we did not have access to this information. <clears throat> it was, yeah, it was just a hoping we're doing the right thing. The best thing we could do for ourselves, which we did do, was know the Landlord Tenant Act and we knew what our rights were, what our responsibilities were. And regardless of the bad decisions that we made on the tenants, we still did everything correctly that we were supposed to do as landlords, which meant that we won every case that we had to go into. Yes. Because we, although, although we picked the wrong people, for lack of experience and lack mm -hmm. of, you know, help telling us how to do it properly, we still did everything correctly as far as being a landlord. Yes. So. And I talked about how I gained so much more in value from experience and lessons. I learned how to properly buy a property. I learned all about, you know, how, how to properly um, add a secondary suite what their code requirements were, what the fire code requirements were, what the permit requirements were. What the zoning requirements were. What the were. <laughs> zoning requirements were. I, I studied everything. I studied zoning. I, 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 I was like everything. I was, I, for a while there, I could quote, you know, how much um, grass area you needed on every lot in order for it to be, you know, uh, compliant. You know, like there's a certain amount of building to grass ratio that you're supposed to have. And I mean, I knew exactly what the minimum parking requirements were you know, for if you wanted to add a secondary suite, like I learned a lot. It forced me to because I, I was I was forced to. I had to figure it out to figure it out if I could even legalize this thing and what I did wrong and how can I make this right. And then I learned everything about properly screening tenants because I had the worst and I had to go to court and I had to learn how to file paperwork and, and put together evidence. And I learned the process of of how to how to properly go into those hearings and make sure that, you know, how to do it. Like you don't have to go in there with a ton of evidence. You just have to go in there and answer the questions when they ask you them. I learned how to, you know, set rents. I learned how to screen tenants. I learned all about mortgages. Mm -hmm. And all of that is, you know, that countered that, that, that countered like the balance of that, you know, at first we're like negative 40,000, but I probably gained $20,000 of experience and I paid down about $20,000 with a mortgage. Yeah. So it all worked out. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying that it's always going to be that bad, but these are, you know, there's a lot you can learn in just buying one property. And I find that, you know, even just telling you that, I don't think it'll have nearly the same effect as you experiencing it for, for yourself. Mm -hmm. This is just a story. And it's just another story that you've heard a million stories about real estate investors. But I feel that like the, the most important thing at the end of the day is to go just buy a property and give it a shot. And, even if it goes half as bad as mine did, you're still going to be all right and you're going to learn lots. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. Is that a good spot? Finish her up? Yeah. No one called in today. No one's getting a coaching call. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You don't call in, you don't get coaching calls. I had it right here. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to see who calls in. <laughs> all right. But tomorrow we'll have one. Yeah. Happy, uh, happy hump day. All right. Is it Wednesday? Oh, don't second guess me. I don't know. I think I, it is. I think it's Wednesday. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. <laughs>